Hello, and welcome to Dice Don't Die, a Pathfinder 2nd Edition podcast. Hey, welcome back to Dice Don't Die's Deep Dive. We're continuing our discussions on Pathfinder 2nd Edition's current classes. And tonight, you're in for quite a ride, because we're going to introduce you to the holy text reader, the altar worshiper, the all-around holier-than-thou pain-in-the-butt, the cleric. I'm Chad, and tonight, I have with me the usual deep-dive crew. Beth. Hello. David. Hey, everyone. Sarah. Howdy. And for the first time on Deep Dive, we have the ever-wonderful Jesse. Zonkathon be praised. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we get into this God-fearing cleric, uh, I wanted to mention a blog post that went up on January 2nd, I think it was. It's a part of an ongoing narrative that's leading up to the release of the Lost Omens, uh, Gods and Magic. Uh, It's sort of a creation story, I guess, based in Galarian. Uh, It's a pretty quick read, but it's still pretty interesting. Uh, Short synopsis, you know, gods make the world, but then one of the evil gods tries to eat everything. Yeah, and uh, spoiler alert, he ends up being locked into the center of the planet. Uh-oh. Yeah, you ruined everything. I mean... Wait, I already read it. Oh. But it was really freaking good. It Very much so. There is a entire series of these. I think there's six of them. Uh, five. There are five of them. Uh, starting back in October, and then go- the last one was released today. Uh, or not today, but the second of January. And so they're that not continuing sh- on, right? No, that should be the last one. It looks like uh, Mark Moreland uh, said that that was. Oh nope, James Jacobs even confirmed that this is the last one. Okay. They were it is the last one that he's written. Mm-hmm. Correct. So there might be some more coming out. But, yeah. So the way that these were supposed to read were as legends or myths. Whether or not they're true is up to interpretation. Uh, But they are stories about the gods, obviously, since the book is titled Gods and Magic. And are really short pieces of yummy, yummy lore goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't follow the Paizo blog as closely as I should. I'll check it, I don't know, every other week or so, which really isn't that frequently. (laughs) I should read every day that it comes out, uh, which I think is twice a week. But uh, when I got sent this, I was like, Ooh, this is really good. I think the first one I read wasn't actually the first one. I think the first one I read was uh, the one 
posted at the very end of October, which is called The Three Fears of Phrasma. Ooh, that sounds interesting. Uh, 100%, please go and read every single one of these. They're fantastic. Uh, and then, to be honest, I'm very, very excited for Gods and Magic. What are the three fears of Phrasma? Oh, that's a spoiler. Spoilers. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> it's not like the wise man's fears? No. What did I just say? Not the Pat Rothfuss book, sorry. Oh. Well, I can say that I'm not much of a reader, and when you told me, hey, you should really go check this out, I was like, I just got off work. I don't want to read right now, but I forced it. It was so good. <laughs> I know as a GM, it definitely means that at some point, I am going to use some sort of reference of Galarian being called the cage. Uh, because that was a bit that I did not know going into this story. Uh, so definitely going to be using that in a game at, at a future point. And once again, that might not be true. But isn't it kind of? I swear I read that somewhere You else. don't know. It's one of those things. Uh, especially with deities in the Galarian. You kind of don't know what's myth or legend because they don't necessarily want you to know what's true and what's not. Rude. If they can make themselves appear more powerful than they truly are, like, doesn't that benefit them? Hmm. Okay. I'll let them off this time. I like to also think that uh, they tell kids to stay in bed at night that if they get up, that Revagug might hop out from under their bed and eat them. Revagug is the boogeyman? Yes, and this this is the origin of that story. <laughs> Revagug is literally the entire 14-book plot of The Wheel of Time. You cannot change my mind. Okay, alright. I, I don't think I've read that one. You've never read any of The Wheel of Time books? Mm-mm. Yeah, you Ow. really aren't a reader, huh? No. They're not my favorite, but uh, I know I have a lot of friends that are uh, big fans of them. I feel like it's hard to keep people for 14 books. <laughs> but I think at some point, like once you hit book six, like the sunk cost fallacy kicks in and you're like, I got to finish it. <laughs> yeah, that's how they got me on Dresden Files. But we are most definitely off topic. Why don't we bring it on around and talk about the cleric? So the question that we always start with in these episodes is what is the fantasy of playing a cleric? I mean, you get like righteous anger and you get to hit stuff, but it's okay. So I know with editing magic, that long pause that we just had yeah. is mostly going to get edited out. But Or we could leave it in for effect. <laughs> true. I really kind of wanted to stress that because I have always struggled. And, and this is, I've played a cleric, multiple editions. I've always struggled to capture that fantasy of playing a cleric 
without just being a healer. You're a magical healer. You can uh, smite undead, or not smite, but uh, repel undead, and that's all you are. I have always struggled with that. And so I kind of wanted to see what everyone else's opinion of, of the fantasy of a cleric, because I feel like the people who play clerics are playing as a healer. Yes, a lot of them are. Some of them try to take it in different routes, but it, it's hard to get out of that mindset. Because they are known as the big healing class. I imagine it could be fun to kind of unironically like have this authority to be self-righteous and know that literally your God is on your side and um oh what's the word I'm looking for? Is 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 justifying all of your actions and basically giving you permission to kind of set yourself apart and above the rest of your party in a little bit of a way. I like that. So clerics are for people who want to feel better than other people. And exactly. Lord it over them. <laughs> You're darn yes. right. I definitely do. <laughs> wow. That is so fantastic. Because Jesse put that in such fantastic terms. And then Sarah's like, you mean you want to be an arrogant jerk? Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I imagine so the perfect cleric. Okay, so can I make a reference to something else? Yeah, of um, So in the Harry Potter books, uh, the Weasleys, the, the older brother, the one, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Cleric, no. right? <laughs> oh, the one. The, um, the prefect. The snooty one. Percy. Uh, oh, Percy. Yeah, yeah, Percy. Yes, him. Yeah. I imagine that that is the attitude I was going for with that. Oh, okay. Now I see. Sorry. Yeah, it's kind of smug, self-righteous, you know. But that's probably like an extremely negative interpretation of it. Like, I imagine like, you don't have smug is, again, a kind of a negative interpretation. But I imagine y you can be compelled like if if you have like just a strong sense of um, conviction, conviction. Thank you. Yes, that is the word I'm looking for. If you have that strong sense of conviction, it doesn't necessarily have to manifest as being smug, but but they're still knowing that you're on the right path because literally God says so. Right? Can be kind of profound. It can be a profound fantasy to have. To, to to know for a fact that you were right and what you say or what you do should be taken seriously by others because you have the backing of God. Man, that honestly sounds like a character that I would punch in a game, though. <laughs> exactly, like the dude from Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. The characters that I have played, because I've actually played cl clerics a few times, the healing role uh, is something that I play in video games a lot. Uh, usually in tabletop games, I want to wield the biggest stick in the room. And so like, I'm playing fighters or barbarians or something like that. But I have played a cleric a few times. And I've tried to stay away from I am holier than thou type archetypes. 
But I still think that it can come through a little bit. And so I think that's part of the reason why I've struggled with that that fantasy. So I'm always interested in seeing clerics played a little different. Uh, actually, one of my my character in uh, Rise of the Rune Lords, her best friend was a cleric, and they got along swimmingly, which is surprising because she was a We'll say neutral. She wasn't evil, but evil adjacent uh, witch. And yet she was able to be best friends with a cleric because of that person's way of role-playing. So that, I think, is is pretty good. So what I want to move on from there, now that we've kind of established a bit of how to play one or the fantasy of it, is how they used to be played in Pathfinder 1. And when it comes down to it, the fantasy that I said that I struggled with really is what your cleric was. So you had uh, an ability called Channel Energy. That was the core of your class. Now, if you took an archetype or something like that, that could change. But as the base cleric, that is where your energy is being focused. And you can, by channeling, channeling this energy, you are able to heal those around you as well as deal damage to undead. So you were this constant battery for your fighters. And, or at least that's how I felt whenever I would play one. And I know that that's why some people avoid the class. You know, they didn't seem interesting, and yet at the same time, everybody wanted one. Nobody wanted to play it, but everybody wanted it to be there. Because how else were you supposed to get through a dungeon? I mean... I don't know. I can't think of another reason that I played one. Now, do I think that's right? No. I'm positive there are other people who played clerics because they enjoyed the fantasy or because they had a concept for it. But for me, that's why I played it. I we needed a healer. We needed somebody who could get us through this dungeon. The only uh, other, like, standout thing, if we're talking about the difference between first and second edition. I mean, our base attack bonus is the same. Your saves are going to be the same. You still have access to the divine spell list. You are a caster, right? You're going to get access to ninth level spells. But you... That happened in first edition as well. So I just don't really see anything that you got in first edition that isn't improved in second edition. Because as we're going to talk about, there's quite a bit that I think sets the second edition cleric apart. So yeah. That's a bit of a negative view, and I understand that. (laughs) 
but that is kind of my view on cleric. Hmm. Not quite as interesting as literally anything else. <laughs> I like how everybody had like very hot takes about monks and like we're talking about clerics and it's just like crickets. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is why. Like, if we're talking about the fantasy of it, that's why. It's not interesting. So, this conversation, I've just been thinking about the fantasy of it, and I was thinking, Marvel comic books, would Constantine kind of be a cleric? Yeah. Because that's kind of a fun take on it, but not one I thought of more than, like, five minutes ago. <laughs> because typically, as you know, every, you, you start your party, and everybody's divvying up, like, roles. You get to cleric, and I'm always like, oh, not it. Like, would not want, mm-hmm. um, especially, like, Pathfinder 1 rules. I think, like, how could you make a Pathfinder 1 cleric fun? I guess you could play it like Constantine. Yeah. Although I don't think the abilities really lend themselves. Like, I feel like you oh, could also, like, sure you play, like, a it. sorcerer kind of like Constantine. But I feel like, true to the character, I feel like it's, it's more of a cleric-y type character. But I don't know if you could play it in a fun way. So there is an archetype in uh, first edition called Roaming Exorcist. So uh, that might work if you're building a Constantine character. Yeah, that might be a fun cleric to play, but that's like the only way I can think of it. Right, right, it might be kind of fun for me and personally. If you're talking about sort of the iconic cleric, and this is the same uh, for first edition and second, uh, you're talking about Kira. And yes, of course, Kira has the uh, heal domain, but she also has the fire domain. And she is the flaming uh, sword of fury for her goddess. And that's kind of cool, right? Although she doesn't usually get mad. She's usually pretty level-headed in like the comic books and stuff. But uh, the idea that she burns as hot as the sun and can cast all of these fire spells are are pretty cool so that's interesting and that that's the same as we're going to talk about in second edition you know she still has uh because she is a cleric of serenray so she's still going to get the fire domain i do believe so still pretty cool yeah, I think, I mean, especially in, in Pathfinder 2, I think your cleric is proportionally as cool as you think your deity is. Because, like, there are some pretty, you know, like, reading through the forum post, there are some pretty, like, complicated deity, like, relationships and dynamics going on. And so mm. I feel like you could definitely build a cleric that is familiar with enough of the deity's history to be like sufficiently complex yeah yeah but then uh, is your character complex or is the deity complex well i'm saying that like since your cleric is going to hopefully be modeled off of the deity that like you could do some cool stuff with that where they're like well you know i really loved the old version of this deity 
and they like mm. identify more with that but like as the adventure goes on like they learn many of the same lessons that their deity did and so in the end they do you know they end up following the same trajectory yeah yeah i definitely think there are interesting ways of doing it and i'm not meaning to say that the cleric is terrible that is not my goal here uh there are definitely reasons to play it i just think that the stereotype is something that holds true more often than not. I played the cleric because we needed a healer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think playing clerics in a way that's like super fun and interesting and like original takes a lot more creativity than maybe some of the other classes that you could pick. Yeah, maybe. I also think that you're much nicer than me. <laughs> I mean, I kind of want to like make like a Constantine esque cleric now, but even that, I kind of feel like so cool. I want to do it for science more than pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> you, you mean you don't want to kill off your character and start playing a cleric? Well, yeah, one, I like my character, but two, like, I imagine it could be fun, but what if you mess up and it's still just the rigid kind of cardboard cleric that you've, you, you, spent so much time describing right like mm-hmm. i think it would be cool but what if it's not <laughs> and then i'm stuck with a cleric <laughs> <laughs> no i get that sentiment actually well would it let's be start- worth it to play a character for the f- or a cleric for the first three levels and then have them like commit anathema and then have them multi-class into something else and have a redemption arc Oh, we're getting into something completely different. We're theory crafting at this point. Another question. So part of why I like my character so much is the whole Zonkathon thing. It's kind of silly, kind of funny. <laughs> if the whole, like you said, you know, you typically, your party always wants a cleric because they want a healer. But if your cleric worships a dark god... <laughs> They're not really yeah. going to be channeling that 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 light, right? <laughs> so are they even effective? Like, a, a, a cleric is only good if it's an effective cleric. And so you basically have to pick certain deities, right, just to be effective as a cleric, it feels like. Well, if you're, if you're building your cleric to be a healer. Yes, because nowadays you don't have to do that. But if you build a non-healing cleric, your party is going to be like, no, get out. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but I do like find a better party. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> like at least they've included those options. So now we're starting to get into the Pathfinder Second Edition parts of this. So let's talk about ancestry options okay. before we get into the meat of the actual Claire. Goblins. What? <laughs> really though, and. <laughs> Okay, so you guys know how I feel about goblins. I think goblins fit with everything. Goblins uh-huh, make the uh-huh. best everything. I will die on the Big hill. readers, those goblins. Exactly. But also, kinda. Like, of course you can make it work. You can make anything work. Yes. But the fact that your ability flaw is wisdom is kind of bad. When your key ability scores wisdom. It's not a great start. I'm playing a barbarian with a strength flaw. Like, 
right? I mean, you, I think Pathfinder 2, because of how um, those ability boosts are handled, gives you a lot of flexibility, which is kind of yes. cool. Something that maybe wasn't viable in first edition is suddenly very viable in second edition, I think, because of that. And, and I agree with that to some extent. Uh, you know, you have one strike against a gnome barbarian because you have a strength flaw. But I swear, you have three strikes against the goblin for cleric. You get a flaw in wisdom, and your boosts are dexterity and charisma. Those are arguably the three least effective traits for a cleric. I mean, you could be going for a dexterity cleric. Like, I... Oh, what's the deity that has the rapier? Gosh, dang. Oh, uh, let me find it. Oh, I'm an idiot. It's Kate and Kaylin. Kaylin. I thought so, but I, yeah. Yeah. So you could go for a dex build on a cleric. In Pathfinder 2, that's an option. Or in Pathfinder 1, not really. You'd have to take so many feats to make it work. I still argue it's less effective than a strength build. But okay. I mean, it just... So... And this is an argument we've always had, right? What is optimal versus viable, right? I think that it may not be the optimal choice if we're really talking, uh, you know, like a basic build. But it is a viable choice. And that's important. I think watching or listening to somebody try to play a goblin cleric would be very entertaining. Yes. I mean, I, I think it would be m- like pretty similar to listening to Jessie play her gnome barbarian. <laughs> like, so we're actually like, going to get into that. Like as long as you don't have an entire party full of people whose classes and races aren't suited towards each other. Like I think you can have like one maybe two depending on like how big your party is of people who don't completely make sense but like might grow into it i don't know you could actually have a fun party of just everyone's like that maybe detract a little bit on the power of the of the enemies coming at them but right i think it's one of those things that as a gm or, or as a party as a whole you're going into it like hey you want to do something fun, but ridiculous? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then just build wacky combos. But it's always, like, the idea that a ancestry is viable for almost any class is, to me, really important and is a core point of Pathfinder 2. I 100% agree. I mean, again, we just rehashed all the reasons why in Pathfinder 1, playing a cleric maybe wasn't boring. the most exciting because you basically had to do a very stock standard build. Suddenly you have the flexibility to build a character that's maybe more interesting and more enjoyable to play because of, again, the different ways you can play around with your ability score. Um, yeah, Goblin isn't, what was the word you guys were just using? Optimal. Optimal to start out with as a cleric but totally viable and you can make it work and it's probably you know something that might be more fun to play honestly yeah so if we are talking about sort of optimal ancestries i would say dwarves 
uh, a dwarven cleric is very uh, iconic uh, to many people. What are some of the other ancestries that work really well? I think halfling's a decent one. Uh, you get really? that boost. Yeah, you get that boost to wisdom. Um, I think you do. You do get a boost to dexterity as well, don't you? I'm pulling it up right now. Dexterity, wisdom, with an ability flaw of strength. strength. So yeah, you'd go for yeah. a dex build. Yeah. I'm, now I'm just imagining like a, a, ha- a like a very tipsy halfling cleric of Caden Kalen. I like it. I could dig it. I want to say that's what I did in the in the in the play test. It was either a halfling. No, it was gnome. I did straight gnomes in the play test. Right, but exactly. it was a Caden Kate because you said it had to be a good cleric. So I picked Caden Kalen. Mm-hmm. I think I was a, a my character. Um, they made wine. I remember there was always like a barrel of wine they were dragging around. And yes, you you were a drunkard. <laughs> oh, and humans. Humans make good everything. Yeah, we all know you're on that boat. Stop. They're boring. So So what's with the anti-human sentiment? My gosh. gosh. Because a human cleric is the boringest of boring. Like (laughs) also, everyone has met at least one human cleric in their real life. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You are not like, why would you want to do that in a fantasy game? No. A bunch there. Like, they can't cast spells. There's a whole bunch. It was called the Crusades. <laughs> no, those were paladins. We already talked about See, those. I feel <laughs> like there were some of so those. So, you went a very different route than I thought you guys were going. You said you've met a bunch of human clerics. I thought you guys were going to talk about doctors. Literally human healers. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I sure. Why you we went the, the nicer way. <laughs> yeah, like, because <laughs> Jesse, you you're being wholesome. <laughs> Sorry, I thought, I thought <laughs> we're we were like still that. stuck on the pretending we're better than other people in our party. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Have you never met a doctor? <laughs> well, that's... You know, fair point. <laughs> well, hey, you got us there. So wow. now that we have our dwarf goblin halfling clerics, uh, what kind of backgrounds kind of lend mean- themselves well to uh, the cleric quote-unquote story? Ones that have reading. You have to read. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's that's, uh, the uh, that's basically it. Reading rainbow. Are clerics just paladins who learned how to read? <laughs> Oof. I love Oof. the canon that paladins oh. can't read. Oof. You know what? Oh, David. You're not wrong. But I hate you for it. You are wrong. <laughs> okay. I'm going to ask a dumb question. I thought clerics get their power from their deity, right? They do. You have to pray so do- and yeah. So why should they have to know how to read? Uh, in order to study like religious scripture. Really, in order to cast spells even granted from your deity, uh, you have to be able to, like, create... Like, do clerics have spell books? No. Yeah, so I'm getting at, like... They have holy texts. 
Yeah. Not necessarily. Not all not all deities have holy texts. Yeah, not all of them would have written yeah. texts. So it's mm-hmm. not like the wizard who literally has to write a thesis. Exactly. That's what I'm getting but, at. But like one of their abilities is the doctrine. So uh among followers of a deity, there is a doctrine. So that could vary between clerics of different faiths, but your doctrine is still important. So I've always read that as something that needs to be studied, but you're not wrong. Like, there's really nothing that says you have to be able to read. I'm just going to say that that reading really helps with picking we're going to circle back around to this word, an optimal background. So I was thinking of like some, I don't want to get too much into like religion, like non-pathfindery religion, but like there are some, some cool uh, religious stories that involve people who are illiterate that are kind of, because it's all, it's all based on faith and um, yeah. So, you know, just speaking, communing directly with your God is kind of where I was going with that. Making more of a spiritual thing than a, um, a lear- or learned is not the word I'm looking for, but, you know, um, book learned thing. Sure. I also feel like you could use like uh, runes or mm-hmm. pictures as part of your doctrine. Also, I'm trying to make your goblin cleric even more viable. <laughs> hey, go. goblins can read now. Sure they can. Ashka reads quite a bit. Thank you. I'm just trying to help out the common goblin. <laughs> the old school goblin. That's true. Ashka's not really a common goblin. The every yeah, goblin. Yeah, and goblin tribes. The every still, goblin, like, yes. They still hate the written word in many cases. Well, another background that would lead you away from uh, just read books all the time is you could be a nomad. You're just kind of spending all your time alone, talking to yourself or your deity, you know, whichever one you want. Just hanging out. Hello, would you like to hear the good word of Desna? <laughs> Please, no. <laughs> I, like, I, like, I like Desna. <laughs> Nobody's home. <laughs> <laughs> I also love Des. Kids, Desna's stay away lo- from the door. <laughs> Desna's low key my fave. <laughs> Des- <laughs> yeah, Desna's really, really great. Oh, geez, that was that was funny to me. So, since we've talked about doctrines a little bit already, uh, let's talk about the two docri- doctrines that were included in the handbook. I'm obviously assuming that there are going to be more. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, because right now you only got two. Uh, you've got the cloistered cleric and cloistered. the war priest. Yeah, cloistered. Cloistered. Having or enclo- enclosed by a cloister or as in a monastery. Kept away from the outside world and sheltered. Cloister. The evolution of shelter. Sorry. Thank oh, you. oh! Sorry, that hurt. Nerd. 
but that is what I thought about the most when I read that. Ugh. Jeez. Pokemon nerds. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> Alright, no. The cloistered cleric is your traditional cleric of the cloth, so to speak. So, you uh, are focusing on magic, you have a connection to your deity through your domains, uh, you get six doctrines total at first, third, seventh, eleventh, fifteenth, and nineteenth. Uh, and your nineteenth is pretty great, obvious. Or your ninth, the final doctrine that you get at nineteenth level, great. But you're focusing on your domains, whereas your war priest is a little more militant. So you're still not a paladin, you're still a cleric, uh, but you are trained in medium armor, uh, and you don't have domains. Uh, you also get shield block, and uh, a really cool spell, or spell, feat, called Deadly Simplicity. And that uh, allows you to use your favorite weapon uh, more deadly. So it increases the damage die. Hmm. So that's pretty great. Uh, but still, you've got two options. You want to be the casty cleric or the beady cleric. Yeah, and that's not too many options. But I'm sure they'll come up with more options later on. I mean, this is still fairly new. Right. And I think some of the options, we may be getting more options in uh, Deities of Magic. I haven't looked into it. Yeah, I would think, well, I guess I would hope, or my, my dream, uh, what would what you call those? They're doctrines or archetypes? Correct. Doctrines. Doctrines. Um, it would be like a buff debuff cleric. I think that could be kind of cool. Yeah. Like, you know, this is going to be a fun like thing that. to play. Yeah. Yeah, and we can talk a little bit more on that once we um, get into the divine spell list, which this will be the first time on uh, the deep dives that we've talked about the divine spell list. <laughs> <laughs> so we mentioned a few brief things when we talked about the paladin, but really, uh, the only people who are divine casters are the cleric. And the Divine Sorcerer. So, yeah. We've waited till the end to kind of talk about them. Yay! So what else sets the uh, Pathfinder 2 Cleric apart uh, from other classes? We have the deities and the anathema, much like we talked about with the Paladin. And then we have what has replaced uh, channel energy from first edition, which is divine font. So you get additional castings of either the heal or the harm spell, depending. Uh, if you pick the healing font, you gain additional spell slots uh, for heal. And the number of slots is equal to your charisma. And that's pretty much the same for um, harm as well. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So you just get another type of channel effect that you get to cast additional times. And it's always heightened because it's yeah. at the highest level of your cleric. Then obviously you're going to get your spells and your cantrips. You get your doctrine and your proficiencies. And I think that's it. So you get, at level 9, you get an ability called Resolve. So your will saves will be eventually become Master. Um, you are going to get, at level 13, Unarmored Defense up to Expert. So that's really great. And then their Capstone ability, just in your base abilities, is... Uh, called Miraculous Spell and you gain a 10th level spell slot. Whoa. Yep. And that, you get that at night. So pretty cool. Is that different from the other casters? Mm, I don't know that offhand. 10th level spell slot at night. I thought Wizards level. got it. Didn't we talk about that? About the capstone ability for the wizard? I remember a feat for it. I'll look into that. Nope. Uh, Archwizard's Spellcraft. You command the most potent arcane magic. Hmm. You gain a single 10th level spell slot. And you get okay. that at 19. You also get another capstone ability called Legendary Spellcaster. Uh, so it means that your arcane spell attack rolls are legendary. <laughs> so... Yeah, it looks like other casters also get that one tenth level spell at night. Okay, I clearly do not play many casters. Yep, no druids idea. get it. Check the source completeness. Yep, source it. I guess when I'm reading the book, I always just skip down to the feats and not look at the capstone last... abilities. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and for many of the classes, you don't get a lot other than this becomes master or this becomes expert. There's not a lot, except for the rogue, like, but we've already talked about them. Uh, for a lot of the casters, your spells are what make you interesting anyway, right? So, uh, we have kind of tended to skip over those, but they are uh, the ability to cast tenth level spells is something that's unique to Pathfinder too. So definitely worth a nod, even though let's be real here, most games don't get team. Yeah. There's that. There's that little uh depression nugget. <laughs> So you brought up feats. So let's talk about some uh, cleric feats. Uh, so I had I made a list of a few I thought were at Super least the most, well the most thematic I would say. <laughs> Again, it's a little hard to say interesting with the cleric. Yeah, sure. Um, so. You mentioned um, the Divine Font, where it's either healing or harming based on your deity. Uh, there's 
a, a feat called Versatile Font, and that allows you to sort of swap between healing or harming, regardless of what your deity is. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, and then, in a, uh, sort of along the same lines, there are Enhance Heal or Enhance Harm spells, which will either you know, provide a, a higher uh, dice for the amount you heal or harm or add additional effects, whatever. Um, this might be, might be the most interesting one I saw. Emblazon, like emblazon symbol, emblazon something. You, you essentially draw a holy symbol on either a sword or a shield, and then, boom, now it's holy and it gets a plus one or is, you know, twice as hard as it used to be. And then there's emblazon energy that those become more, even more powerful. Right. So I think all three of those that I just mentioned have, um, you know, two or three levels that require the previous one that just keep adding more and more things to it. So there you go, Jesse. There's uh, one of the ways that you can focus on buffing. Well, I was thinking that is literally the Constantine spell, right? Let me draw this holy symbol on this thing and now it's holy. By Constantine, I mean the Keanu Reeves movie. That's really my only reference to cons. Oh, I thought you were talking about the like 2015 TV show. I saw like three episodes of it. I it, always talked to you about the Keanu. I always thought about the Keanu Reeves movies. That's no, it was all fantastic. I was referring to. So. Yeah, unironically, one of my faves. Yeah, same. It, it's I know that it is not great. It is still my favorite. <laughs> it is still fantastic. <laughs> uh, I do like the feat. Uh, it's a 16th level feat, but it's called Resurrectionist. Are you a cleric that your party keeps dying? Resurrectionist <laughs> is for you! and allows you to bring them back. Somehow you made it to level 16 as a cleric. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Clerics your party- just... Your party keeps dying. You keep yourself alive. We all know what's most important here. That's because this cleric kept dragging them into level 16. All the way there. Dragged them right into the light. Blinded by the light. Sorry. Alright, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So then we do have a couple of level 20 feats. Um, My favorite is Maker of Miracles. Uh, which gives you an additional 10th level spell slot. So, want to be the best caster in your party? Maker of Miracles. So, those are the feats. Let's get into the really fun stuff. Who wants to talk about spell? Nobody? Me, 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 me. <laughs> I was about to say, really? Nobody? No. Dang. So if we're talking about focus spells first, it, Clarence got quite a bit. <laughs> uh, they have first level focus spells and fourth level. But there are a lot of choices between those. So you've got... Uh, things that would fit right in with your sort of fire 
theme, you have Fire Ray, and uh, where's the other one that I saw? Flame Barrier. There we go. I knew there was something. And then there's uh, other things that are a little more, I don't know, traditional? Like, soothing words. Um, safeguard. Um, word, of, word of freedom. So there's some more of those buff spells. I do like uh, zeal for battle. Where, essentially, you are a cheerleader. And you get yourself and one of your allies like all riled up with righteous anger. Nice. And uh, you get, I hate to say it, you get advantage on initiative. It's not called that, obviously. That's a D&D term. But you get to roll two D20s and use the higher result. That's advantage. I like the focus spell over stuff. Yeah, I saw that. It's something to do with food. Yeah, but basically you just magically make your enemy, or I assume your enemy, uh, way too full of something that they ate or drank earlier, and then they have to make a fortitude save as to whether they get sick. Nice. That seems like such a kind of a troll. It reminds me of like something that the w- a witch would be able to do. That's actually really <laughs> yep. funny. That's delightful. Which we all know how much I love the witch. Oh, Jesse is also a fan of the witch. Pretty great. Um, now let's get into so the, all of those were focus or yeah cleric focus spells. So those were specific to the cleric. Now let's talk about the divine tradition. Great. This is where you're going to get bless and bane, and heal, and harm, and protection, and purify, and sanctuary. All of these types of spells that were really important to sort of that narrative of a holy priest. Um, you also get some spells that are on other traditions as well. So, uh, dispel magic, see invisibility, silence, uh, but things that are uh, only on the divine spell. So I believe spiritual guardian, which is a third level, fifth level spell, is only on the divine spell list. And have any of you ever seen the show Ruby? It's uh, an animated show. Mm-hmm. So I tried in- watching it, but not my animation style. Oh, God, I love it so much. Anyway, the first season is very different than the rest of it. Just FYI, if you can make it through. I really enjoy it, but also I understand. Anyway, in there, there's a character that in the later seasons is able to summon a sort of ice guardian. Mm. And that is how I see this. So it's this 
kind of paladin looking figure with a, a great sword in its hands, which is a, you know, if that's your deity's favorite weapon, uh, that would look really cool. Spiritual Guardian is uh, a really, to me, very fun spell. Also, right beneath it is Summon Celestial and Summon Fiend. So being able to summon an angel, always a great idea. I like Spiritual Weapon. <laughs> it, it's just a level two spell, and you, you conjure... Uh, one one of your deity's favorite weapons, and then you can just at range just make it slap your enemies. Are you saying? Are you saying that this spell slaps? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because there are um, some deities whose favorite weapon is unarmed attacks. I didn't even think about that. So literally, you just conjure a fist in the air and it punches them. No, no, no. It slaps. It slaps. It sure. slaps. Kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's that's probably fair. Let's let's look at some other choice. Mwah, chef kiss spells. Here's a silly one. Level f- or fifth level. Drop dead. The target appears to die, but actually turns invisible. <laughs> <laughs> what? Amazing. Some, some of these are silly. I'm looking at the, like a divine fifth level spells. There's one called Drop Dead. The target appears to die, but actually turns invisible. Okay, that's oh, the most ridiculous. It is. Yeah, I've decided I need to do it. We're just going to have to kill off uh, Firethorn, and I'm making a cleric. Or no, maybe she's no, just going to no. become a Cathan cleric. Well, there's some <laughs> options here. We'll talk about it here in a second. We're going to talk about dedications. And I, I think you might be interested in a cleric dedication. Uh, so anyway, there's also a spell. It's an eighth level spell. So we're getting into the... Never going to happen. <laughs> never going to happen territory. Yeah. Finger of death? Mm-hmm. Point at a creature to deal negative damage and possibly kill it instantly. You guys didn't tell me clerics were cool. You uh, so there was a uh, first level or first edition spell called Finger of Death. I can't remember if uh, clerics actually got access to it. Well, they get massacre at ninth level, and that's instantly kill multiple creatures. Uh, is this in second ed? Yeah, I'm looking. Oh, at Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That is pretty cool. Uh, so then you uh, have your 10th level spells. So oh. Avatar. Sorry, Go ahead. Another silly one. 9th level. Weapon of Judgment. Form a weapon to enforce war or peace. I don't even know how that, like, what you do with that in gameplay. What's it called? But like, uh, weapon of judgment. It's the last one under the ninth level spells. Yeah, sounds Form like a me weapon whenever I meet someone new. <laughs> to enforce war or peace. This just sounds like super anime, and I'm not really sure how it actually plays out in battle. But like, it's just <laughs> I have formed this weapon to enforce war. Sort <laughs> if you name peace, you choose up to five allies. 
the target that of the spell knows that if they attack any of those five allies, they will get hit by the peace weapon. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> well, it, and it begins that whole thing with an immense weapon of force appears hovering in the air above your target. So it is literally looming over their head. Oh, you going to attack my buddies? I'll smack you upside the head. Smack, basically. Smack, smack. Sorry, anyway, 10th level, yeah. I, uh... Ten, 10th level avatar, pretty cool. Let's be real here, you get to turn into an angel. Also, yeah, that's pretty cool. the avatar, to me, what's really cool about that is you get a specific um, ability depending on who your deity is. So, let's say you're Hayden Kalian. Your speed becomes 70 feet, you get air walk, you ignore difficult terrain, and if you melee with a rapier, you do 66 plus 6 damage. Oh, even better, if your ranged weapon becomes ale splash, you just throw beer at people. Uh, and it's 66 plus 3 poison damage. This is on Kathan. <laughs> Suddenly you just automatically do Midnight Pain, which is a cool name of an Wow, ability. that is Midnight Pain. So you. Midnight Gosh. Pain. I'll oh do it during the God. day. Ill Midnight Pain. <laughs> Thanks, we're Midnight Pain. You can pick up our city in the back. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is too much. All right, so those are some of the highlights of the uh, Divine Spell List. Overall, yes, there are some cool spells. Yes, there are some interesting spells. I think that it is the weakest spell list for me. Or, or at least not the one that invokes joy in my heart. I think you have to get pretty high in level before things get just kind of silly whimsical fun. for lack of a better word fun yeah like just kind of over the top before things get real anime you got to really dedicate some years to this character yeah i could i definitely agree with that and I, I agree when i read through these the divine list is the least exciting of the three it's not great oh you sounded so sad chad oh <laughs> so sad don't <laughs> Don't cry, Chad. You don't. No, I just need to clear my throat. <laughs> it's, it's not is it great. Because it's you're crying. A little bit. <laughs> oh. The divine spell just really chokes him up. It just sucks. Our poor paladin. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys are ridiculous. It's just so bad, you guys. <laughs> I just want it to be better. <laughs> all right. All right. Before this completely <laughs> dissolves, <laughs> let's talk about the cleric dedication feats. So, obviously, in order to get any of the uh, other feats, you have to take your first dedication. Yes. And I think for us, we have to look at this as if... Uh, Firethorn is going to take this. 
I think that's the best way of looking at it. So you would get access to spell casting. Okay. You, you get two con- uh, cantrips from the divine spell list. But we've already decided that the divine spell list is terrible, but okay. Made Chad cry. So, all right. you get some. <laughs> you do get some. Uh, so you could take guidance? That, uh, that does not sound anime. <laughs> that sounds the least anime. Uh, it definitely does. You can take <laughs> guidance. <laughs> you can tape take cartography (laughs) yeah look i was trying how about this one you could take divine lance the sexiest of all of the sciences cartography Cartography. man i'm not really selling this am i (laughs) (laughs) all right anyway how about chill touch Chill touch is good you know you just see somebody and you're like whoa bro chill (laughs) <laughs> yes i love it that spell is super effective against undead oh god Just is it ever ch- chill chill all it, okay. all it does is make undead flat-footed <laughs> <laughs> oh sigil leave a magical oh. mark yeah you just go around marking everything this is yep. mine and this is mine and mine? this is mine <laughs> Div- divine graffiti artist I was thinking Ooh, divine urine. Oh, yep. That's definitely <laughs> oh, a very fire thorn. Mine. Mine. Okay. Okay. You gotta mark it. Leave my mark. It's magic. Is that the only way you mark wow, things? Wow, Jesse. <laughs> I mean, hey, how do you mark your territory? Personally, I don't go around marking my territory, but if I did. With writing utensils I like would, a normal person. With my label maker. With the number on my mailbox. That's about it. I mean, I was going to say, I don't normally mark my territory. Oh, I definitely <laughs> use my label maker to mark my territory. That's but 100% if I did, true. I would do it like a puppy because puppies are cute. Oh, That's okay, guys. She's right now. <laughs> now we got to no, pee all over everything. The least <laughs> cute thing about puppies is the fact that they pee all over stuff. Yeah. Well, I don't mark my territory, so it's she all She took fine. the least cute aspect of the cutest <laughs> thing and was like, I'm going to do this. That's, that's what makes her correct. Okay, but here's the thing. You know Firethorn. I feel like she's standoffish. Oh, are we talking about Firethorn? Apparently yeah. Firethorn's taking dedication, except I don't understand how she can take a level one cleric feat. It's a lo- it's a, a sec- second level feat. Sorry, second so, level feat. Excuse you, we're feet. level two. So, My bad. Um, <laughs> a dedication uh, allows you to multi-class. So, as oh, okay. a barbarian, okay, correct. So, it is a second level feat. Um, gotcha. You no. you would have to have a wisdom of fourteen. Uh, what's your current wisdom? Do you have uh, it in offhand? Oh, it's in the other room. Sorry. No, that's okay. I mean, I can go grab it if you want me to. No, that's okay. Because uh, I we're mostly just theory crafting. We're mostly just theory crafting. We're not really planning on making you a Claritin. Claritin? Claritin? I love it. <laughs> we're not really planning on making you Claritin D. <laughs> You're not really planning on making me an allergy pill. 
All right, all right. So anyway, dedication. You get access to spells. You get some cantrips. Uh, you are trained in spell attacks. You become trained in religion. You get to pick a deity, which we'll be talking about here in a second. And that's it. Woo! <laughs> now, eventually, you can get access to more spells. You can get access to cleric feats. Um, you can get access to more spells, and that's about it. Really selling me on this. So yeah, good. I know. I'm very sorry. But <laughs> if you wanted to be a barbarian that casted cleric spells, I mean, we've already mentioned that the only way to get access to the divine spell list, unless paladins have a feat, and I'm not sure that they do, that's through the cleric or through a divine sorcerer. I feel like a barbarian and cleric would actually be interesting multi-class just because... um. Or that would be an interesting dedication for the uh, barbarian, just because barbarians already have an anathema. So ah uh, yeah, yeah. So I kind of I don't know. I feel like it goes hand in hand a little bit. Yeah. No, I I absolutely um agree. We didn't really talk about anathema in this episode just because we've talked about it so many times before. Gotcha. Um, but that's we should probably mention. Uh, look here. Is there anything different with their anathema between what we've already talked about? Uh, pretty much the only thing that's different is that if you worship a good deity, you can't cast evil spells. If you worship an evil deity, you can't cast good spells. But if you worship a neutral deity, <laughs> which Firethorn does can not. do whatever you want. I love it. Kind of. Uh, also, you have to follow the anathema of your deity. <laughs> or oh boy, what? Or don't follow the anathema. You have to. Oh the man, that would... was the bad thing. Well, you have to obey the anathema. Especially That's what I mean. Yes. Okay. If you perform enough acts that are anathema to your deity, uh, they kick you out. And you get you lose all of your spells, and you have to go through an atone ritual, which is hard to do. Dude, there would be no living with Firethorn. Oh my goodness! I mean, how is that different from now? Because she would literally be compelled to like interrupt any sort of negotiation. <laughs> she would anytime would somebody heals out. something, she would have to interrupt it. <laughs> No, we would kick you out so bad. Exactly. I would I would NPC your character so quick. Like, <laughs> no, we're not dealing with this annoyingness. Like she would have to. <laughs> no. So Firethorn will not be taking a dedication for of cleric or for cleric. All right. It'd be terrible. <laughs> Fair enough. So that kind of wraps up our cleric talk. I have one final question before we get into some uh, deity stuff. And that would be for our Leshy. Uh-oh. Sun-dried <laughs> Snapdragon. Why did you become a paladin and not a cleric? Well, I became 
a champion. Oh, I mean, the the oh. original thing. Oh. Hmm? What's wrong? I can't believe I called it a paladin. Oh. You did. Been calling it a paladin all night. <laughs> and I've been like just forcing it down. It's okay. It's okay. Oh, kill it's me, guys! In Pathfinder, no, <laughs> they're the rip. lawful good champions. It's okay. Rip me! I can't afford to go to jail, Beth. Um, I mean, originally, technically, I chose the champion because I felt like we were lacking in both tanking, you know, defense and healing, and I feel like champions provide that. Uh, but, no, uh, okay. So I was talking about story reasons. Okay, story reasons. I don't. I don't care about this practical. Shit you talking about <laughs> story reasons? What? Yeah. Why did you? Be- you grew decide- up in a temple. Because I like getting, getting up close. To- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but you could be a war priest and still do that. Yeah, I hadn't really considered that to be honest. It's usually like. The idea of a cleric to me is just, oh, well, they sit in the back and they cast spells. They're kind of a weaker wizard. Uh, and they pray a lot. Well, that's, that's That was boring to me. So I went and with Sunny doesn't pray a lot? Sunny prays a lot, but I don't have to roleplay that all too much. Oh, man, I was only <laughs> roleplaying that aspect of Sunny. <laughs> but now if I have to roleplay that as Sunny, then... <laughs> He's just going to go anathema and screw all this champion stuff. He's going to go barbarian, I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, you guys. Teach are... me fire, though. <laughs> I don't want. He's got to get I... real angry no. and be a <laughs> Nope. Why all not? right. So, because we're talking about the cleric, the divine spell list, and all this other good, good worshiping goodness i feel like we have to mention some of the deities and some of the sort of background stories that go into it now we're gonna get a lot expanded upon or what i'm assuming a lot there's gonna be uh definitely profiles of each of the deities in the upcoming book i'm super excited for that So, but I wanted to kind of go through the story as it's been so far of who who some of these deities are and what they stand for. In the Paladin episode, I had mentioned that I I had, I just did it again. Yes. Uh, This is the worst I've been about it, I swear. Anyway, in the Champion episode, I mentioned that I had played a champion of Caden Kalian. So I've already talked quite a bit about him. Uh, Sarah really likes to call him the millennial that just got carried away. It's so true. <laughs> uh, sure. I that's that's fair. An inspiration to us all, truly. <sighs> yeah, probably. Anyway. So I've already talked about him. So instead, I wanted to talk about Gozra, or Gozray. Because Gozray is one of my favorite of the Pathfinder deities, because they are a dualistic nature. So there are two forms 
of Gozrei. In his male aspect, he is the god of storms. Uh, and in her female aspect, she is the goddess of the surf, of the ocean. So, like, gender-fluid Poseidon. Correct. Absolutely. Love it. I absolutely love it. It is so neat to see this god who has both the waves and the sky covered within their purview, which means that druids kind of eat that shit up. <laughs> uh, druids are pretty into Gozray, but also so are sailors. They look at him and think, you know, it, we want calm waves. We, we want her on our side. Uh, we don't want storms. We don't want him to appear. So when you see a sailor who worships Gozray, they're always going to be looking for the female aspect of the deity. You know, wanting favorable waves, right? Whereas druids might be looking at that storm aspect and may refer to them more in their um, male uh, presenting form. So it's kind of interesting how the same deity can get such interesting worshippers. Such a dichotomy. Yeah, it's really, really cool. So I think if I had to pick a second favorite deity, I would pick Gozray. But Caden Kalian is A plus in my book. Chad, let's uh let's hear you talk about your goddess. Well, I can certainly do that. Uh, and as anybody who's been listening to Dice Don't Die's show, uh, we have Eleshi who follows Shailen. And Shailen is the goddess of art, beauty, uh, love, music. She's very creative. Uh, she likes redemption. And that's a lot of what Sunny is all about. Uh, a lot of people who would follow her, cleric specifically, would probably be artisans. Uh, and what, what what exactly did you you call it call her Sarah earlier? Uh, you know, like that one art teacher from high school. You you know the one. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I had several of them. <laughs> um, and another fun thing about her is she actually has a brother. <laughs> and I think a certain member of our uh, team here actually knows a lot about her brother. Oh, She's oh, we'll be talking about him. <laughs> so I'll just go ahead and say it. Her brother is Zongathon, and she has been working for a while to try to figure out how to redeem him. So that redemption thing is kind of fun for Sunny to play around with. Yeah. But anyone interested in following Shaylin, you gotta love art, artisan stuff, and 
if you tear down any art, you're kind of screwed. That's the one big thing on her anathema. Don't destroy art. Jesse, did you want to talk about everybody's favorite emo to the extremo, Zon Kathan? All right. Well, uh, Firethorn would never refer to him that way. Um, but Zon <laughs> Kathan is, uh, may he be praised, is the Lord of Midnight. Uh, Lord of Midnight, uh, God of Darkness, Indie, Loss, and Pain. So, the most extreme emo. Emo to the extremo. Sure, sadist. <laughs> That's one way to describe a sadist is emo, sure. Um, most of his followers are either like extreme sadists or extreme masochists, or the third category of Zonkathon follower, I guess, would be your emo to the extremo. Um, basically, people who have uh, had to deal with unspeakable loss and they have they basically lost their way and they don't know how to deal. But typically, it's the hard, it's the hardcore sadist or like just extreme masochist who worships Zonkathon. So, which camp is Firethorn in? Uh, probably a mix of the first and the third. So, um, very much a sadist, um, but also has just had like a rough go at life where she, so her background is that she was raised as a slave. Um, and so like pain is kind of what she knows. Right. Right. Um, so Zonkathon followers, um, are fun, <laughs> fun in quotes. Um, <laughs> uh, they don't, there's no real, um, formal, um, like like uh, religious texts to speak of. There are any formal symbols. Um, there's no there's no church of Zonkathon, not typically. Um, so there aren't really any rules, like hard hard and fast rules to following Zonkathon. Uh, typically, um, I guess the official members of the clergy would be clerics, and you can you wouldn't really be able to mark mark them with you know their their robes or anything because again there aren't any formal symbols of zonkathon you typically can point them out though by all the black leather and uh self-mutilation um and i read this uh, for something fun and morbid i was looking at um some of the holidays for zonkathon which there aren't very many but there is one um ceremony called the joy making and i'm just going to read this uh, directly from Pathfinder Wiki. In an effort to concentrate the sensation of pain, this practice allows the wealthiest and luckiest of the Kuthites to have their limbs and non-vital organs amputated so that they remain a helpless head and torso, destined to live the rest of their lives as the subject of limitless torture. So that's fun. Um, what a time. Yeah. But fun. what I was going to... Sure. That's, that's a word. <laughs> Yeah, but as a player, I think the reason why I was kind of drawn to Zonkathon as a deity is um, sometimes it's fun just to play an evil character. And <laughs> the thing I like about Zonkathon, um, he's evil, but also, I guess, he's not irredeemable. He's not um, the worst. He, for example, like Zonkathon. Uh, he keeps to himself. He doesn't really have enemies. He doesn't really try to wage war with the other deities. He just wants to play with his toys. And in fact, I mean, his, his toys about- being mortals who he like 
right and kills like let's but be his, real here is, his his motivations are never going to be world ending or to end end um in life because you know to end life would be to end suffering so you wouldn't want that so he is evil but in, i guess in the world of the living mostly harmless like again he he's not his machinations aren't you know to scale of maybe other evil deities i think I that's a take harmless like the whole point of zonkathon is harm not I think, like apocalyptic i think, I think zonkathon's followers are harmful zonkathon himself again he just keeps to himself Mm-hmm. Why doesn't his followers do that? Because they're sadists. Well, maybe you should try imitating your god more. Mm, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> I think that is a take. I think Firethorn is perfect as she is. Oh, what, what do you mean that that's a take? Like, what did I say that was inaccurate? Like, again, no, it no, literally says, it like, is, he's not... <laughs> he, none of it is inaccurate. I just wouldn't call him harmless. That, that... And, and like, when compared... Is, when compared to the other evil deities who are trying to, like, bring about some apocalyptic destruction, like, he, that is not, not his MO. Like, yeah. if you're going and, to, as a, as, I said, as a player character, if you want to play, mess around with, like, playing it, play around with playing an evil character in terms of deity zonkathon is your option that's still like uh, like if you're gonna follow an evil deity that's the one you can follow but still kind of normally interact with everybody else (laughs) um in a non-problematic way (laughs) yeah uh we did have that one cleric in the playtest who followed lamash to and was like oh no that's my mom she's great Oh, because it was a goblin who didn't understand who Lamashtu actually was. He thought right. Lamashtu was Shailen, right? No, I think... Or was it he, Desna? No, I think it definitely was Lamashtu. Just- it was. He just... Remember, he didn't understand who Lamashtu... That was the joke. Yeah. The character didn't realize who Lamashtu was. He was getting Lamashtu mixed up with some other yeah, happy deities. It was, it was pretty... It was pretty fun. But anyway. Uh, yeah, I think Zan Kuthan is an interesting deity uh and there's definitely a reason why i said that that you could worship him like i think anytime you're going to be worshiping a evil deity in a game definitely make sure you're uh you talk to your gm talk to the players <laughs> at the table but I like how you've done it so far. Well, thank and, you. Um, I, I think all of us kind of hear Zonkuthon be praised in our sh- dreams now. So. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but now I'm going to be saying, blessed be the Vendite Lord, because I just read Vendite Lord and I love it. <laughs> yeah, definitely not emoist to the extremist. <laughs> anyway, I love it. I I Definitely not. <laughs> anyway. David, what you got? Uh, I got two. Uh, They kind of are a bit of a dichotomy, but they also go together a little bit. So I'll talk about uh, Erori and Nethys. So um, Erori uh, seeks self-perfection, but in the the sense of sort of physical self and enlightenment. 
So it really goes along with the monk class. Of course, my, my favorite class. <laughs> we never would have guessed. <gasps> what? Who yep. knew? Not any of us, certainly. No. Please, uh, I do not want a rehash of uh, the last time we got together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and But um, I had, as, we, as I was researching this, I had a sort of a neat idea in my head of uh, either a cleric or a paladin or cleric or champion of a Rory uh, that basically was a monk but also could cast divine spells. Uh, but th- then sort of the other side of the coin of instead of perfecting, you know, your physical self and your physical strength, you've got Nethys, which is uh, perfecting and your own, like, you know, mental abilities, your knowledge, especially your knowledge of magic, which goes along with my other class that I play, the wizard. David, would you call yourself a perfectionist? David or his character? Uh, fair point. Definitely my characters. I'm just saying there seems to be a theme. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I wow. definitely like to uh, take my characters to the extreme when I play them. That's for sure. Way to call a dude out. You know, what are friends for? <laughs> okay, fair enough, I guess. <laughs> I do like that Nethys has become uh, an icon for knowledge, especially like in the community, the like the forums, and of course the archives of Nethys. Uh, roll credits. Uh, <laughs> it is. I think that's kind of cool, right? Especially with something called. The all-seeing eye. That's, I don't know. That's kind of cool. So I guess that has us come to Sarah. And instead (laughs) of one, Sarah, why don't you uh, tell us your taglines for some of your favorite deities? So basically, I took like a really high-level look at the deities in the like the main player's guide. And if you want my takes on your favorite deities that aren't in the player's guide, like definitely let us know uh, who who you want my take on next. Um, but first of all, I would like to say that Asmodeus is definitely the patron god of copyright lawyers. <laughs> like there's like four things about contracts and like hierarchies and like the anathema of Asmodeus is like violating a contract. So anyway. Ew. Yeah, basically. Um Arastal um is like all about community and like nature and all I could think of while I was reading it is like that one rural family member that keeps telling you to move home. Oh, you mean my entire family? <laughs> yeah. Like the yep. big city is going to poison you and it's so dangerous there and you shouldn't live there and you should really just move home where there's like one gas station and you can't pump your own gas and like six houses. Yep. 
That tracks. <laughs> Hi, family. Uh, if you're listening, I love you very much. I'm never <laughs> moving home. Uh, Calistria is just like drama queen, the deity, and I love her, and I will stand forever. Um, yeah, she actually is one of my favorites. Also because her uh, color theme is red and black, and she loves wasps and bees. I'm yes. kind of down with that. <laughs> Fun fact, if you had told me I could not worship Zonkathon, she was my backup plan. <gasps> yeah, I feel like Calistria would, I, that I feel I mean, like that a- would have been so much better. No, I think, but like, you know, if again, if you can't worship a straight up evil god, she's got some similar stuff Next going on. Thing. Isn't yeah. she chaotic neutral? She's just, yes, as I say, first of all, you can't worship an evil god, but like her, her things are pain, uh, passion. So, you know, I and, and her weapon is- wasn't specifically pain, it was revenge. Nope, pain. I'm looking at the. Uh, uh, looking at her domains now pain passion secrecy trickery and her favorite weapon is a whip so like she is zonkathon light <laughs> but yeah in terms of the, the attributes i cared about so instead of like pain and torture it's pain for pleasure yeah exactly <laughs> hell yeah okay huh that's okay that's really interesting because like i'm so you're looking at archives of Nethys, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm looking at... Okay, yeah, domains are pain. I didn't read that so much as, like, the the more long-winded description at the top of their names. Ah. Uh. So it was just, like, lust, revenge, trickery. And I was like, yep. Drama queen, the deity. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. But, like, I don't think that that take is wrong. I just think uh, another sort of aspect of her could also be uh, the pain pleasure aspect. Yeah, she- I, I imagine her as a dom. She's a total dom. Right? Uh, absolutely. Like, yeah. Like yeah. She-, uh, she is the holy priestess or holy deity of most prostitutes, and her temples are usually brothels. So really, yeah, yes, absolute yeah. legend. Yeah, no, no, no. I freaking love her so much. Uh, and then I guess like a, a a pretty a pretty mild take uh is that Phrasma is just Lady Hades. <laughs> Which is fun to say. It is. Yes, but also, no, it, it kind of tracks. Phrasma really hates the undead. Like, really? Really hates the undead. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, but, th- but that's because she's the goddess of death, right? Right, exactly. So the anathema is like bringing things back to life that yeah, were how, dead. How freaking dare you? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. She is. About as anti-undead as you can get. Uh, I love one of her titles is uh, Lady of the Graves. Which is just super cool to me. A great I- band name. Mm, it is. In Pathfinder 1, I played one of her paladins. 
and uh, I loved it. Anyway, those are some uh, some hot takes. Some hot takes I can definitely get behind. Some hot takes and like one medium take. <laughs> no, definitely all of them good. <laughs> all of them good. Well, guys, kind of a bit long-winded, but we made it through the cleric. <laughs> Any parting thoughts? Anyone want to kill off their characters, build a build a cleric? No. Nah. Nope. I mean, I'm looking at Zonkathon's page, and like it has like the cleric build. So, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's that's really funny. We've uh, had a hard time like explaining the cleric here, just because it's a little bit of an odd class, but it. It can be good. It can be fun. You have to experiment with it. So, I know I wouldn't call it an odd class because I also feel like it is basic. Like, if you want to talk about a basic class, it's your cleric. I also feel like they can be pretty easy to pick up and go to. Um, I for- would love for somebody to get in our comment section and, like, prove us wrong. Oh, yeah, I definitely would. 100%. I also really want to know what class you guys want to see next, because there's only four of them left. Dun, dun, dun. What we got? We haven't talked about the Barbarian yet. We'll have to bring you back for that one. Yeah, are you coming back for that? (laughs) Yeah, I I know how to Barbarian. (laughs) You know how to Barbarian? (laughs) I'm I'm faking it. I'm, I'm, you know. I'm getting it done. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> she rages with the best of them, gosh. Yeah, she does. <laughs> uh, we haven't talked about the alchemist, the ranger, the sorcerer, or the barbarian. So, still, still got some to to go. Definitely, let us know what you guys want to see. All right, Chad, why don't you take us on out? All right. Uh, we'd like to thank everyone once again for listening to us. Uh, it's been a blast, and we can't wait to talk to you again next time, whatever class we're going to handle. Uh, and just please remember to try out a cleric sometime. Have fun with it. And remember, dice don't die. But PCs do. Thanks for listening to Dice Don't Die. Hey, if you like what we do, please visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Dice Don't Die. Or email us at DiceDon'tDiePod at gmail.com. The intro and outro song, Crunk Night, were created by Kevin McLeod. More of his work, and the work of many others, can be found royalty-free at filmmusic.io. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next adventure.